producer is just like putting his hand over his face at this point. You were so comfortable with the conversation. And then yeah. we turned on the mics and we're like, so about fetishes and pegging. Yeah, like me and the producer go. were on the same page. We're just like, <laughs> here, I have like, a how serious... do we get into this? <laughs> so anyway, I have a serious who are question. Your guys? Who are your guys? <laughs> I have a serious question. So yeah. you like, uh, I'm afraid to answer it. But go no, ahead. no, no. It's okay. not about pegging. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're past that. Thank you. We like to right our wrongs. And on a previous episode, we had an incredible wrong about a cardigan and here to defend his cardigan and himself is stokely hathaway so thank you for coming on the show we're so sorry we are so sorry about the cardigan i mean i was uh very offended uh i felt attacked that cardigan was not from forever 21 thank you very much um it was a beautiful cardigan i got uh Great number of uh, positive responses. So looked like some natural you, fiber. It was. Yeah. Where yeah, was the yeah, cardigan yeah. from? I'm not gonna say, but it's not from Forever 21. Ooh, it's Zara. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> you said Zara. I said Express. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, uh, we we're very excited to have Stokely on the show today. It's a really good cardigan. You should look up a uh, video. You. It's a. It's a common Stokely uh, uniform, right? It is. It is. It's, it is. It's part of the Stokely wheelhouse. It is. That's my shit. Um. Well, I just. It reminded me of one I had from Forever 21 <laughs> that I liked. So it wasn't, I understand why it was perceived as a burn. This is the only sort of controversy I'll explain myself on. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to acknowledge anything else other than if I fuck up, I say I fucked up. But with this, I want to explore the nuances of the cardigan. Um, I mean, it's fine. I'm over it. I'm over it. You're at this over point. it. I'm yeah. very glad. Yeah. I'm very glad. Yeah. Um, we are big fans of Stokely uh, for many reasons. We loved him when we saw him live. He immediately followed us back. Huge fan of that. Um, and you want to, the way to our hearts is through a follow. Through following that is positive right. attention. All right. I'm gonna unfollow as soon as this podcast is over. <laughs> no, um, but we're excited to have Stokely here today. We're gonna talk to him about a bunch of stuff. Um, like, what do we have? We're gonna talk about who you are, where you're from, what being a manager is to you, because we're really interested in the manager perspective of wrestling. So let's sure. let's do a little bit of background. So if everybody doesn't know, Stokely Hathaway is uh, currently working in, is it just Evolve or are there other stuff you work in? Yeah, it's uh, Evolve, MLW, Beyond, Paramount TV, uh, Alpha One Wrestling. It's You're busy. It's a lot. Yeah. You're a busy man. You're a renaissance man. <laughs> I try. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm excited to have you on because in our Evolve episode, so that was the first live show Rachel had ever been to. It was very wow. exciting. Yeah. Um, and she was super into, particularly into the non-wrestler, the non-wrestling people who are part of the show, the managers, the valets, the like entourage and everything. And that's primarily what you do. So yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about that. How did you, because you, you, you were training originally to primarily to wrestle, right? Yes. Not to manage. Yes. So where'd you train and how'd all that go? Um. Well, to... To begin, I think, well, I believe that you have to get in where you fit in. So, you know, okay. not everyone could be an Adam Cole or like a Roderick Strong or like a Cedric Alexander or, you know, like a TJP, you know. I know like one the, of those names. <laughs> you know, and I'm naming. There's a running, uh, a running thing on our podcast that Adam Cole looks like a beautiful possum. 
So that's our Adam Cole take. I'm sorry, Adam. Uh, so no, he's a hunk. He's, no, he's just a kind hunk. of possum He's a hunk. Um, our, he's a hunk that looks like a possum. Our, yeah. our West Coast producer, Elby, um, it just very accurately described him as the prettiest possum in the Denny's dumpster. Yeah. Which is true. <sighs> he's so cute. So Ugly is hesitant to comment on this. I'm so sorry, Adam. Um, Adam, come on the show. You will not hear this. I you never know. You never know. Adam, you never defend know. your persona. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know for some reason everyone wants to be uh like a certain type of of wrestler and i realized very quick that that's not me so it was either you know stick with a path to failure or you know <laughs> try to change up what i'm doing so i decided to change uh what i'm doing so uh, I trained at Shakara for a number of years, and then I went to Ring of Honor, and, uh, you know, I was trained to wrestle, and occasionally I do wrestle, you know, like I was in Shakara for, I think, two and a half years, I was uh, the new and improved Chuck Taylor, so I wrestled primarily there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen some of that storyline. I don't know if you know about this, he Rachel. You told me a little bit about it last night, which is that you bought chuck taylor's name from yes, him yes yes and i still wrestled. own it technically you yes, technically, yes. Technically. that's why he's chucky e. t and dustin and all that that's why yeah. he's chucky e. t and has dustin. chuck taylor and is that why he was scared to show up here today <laughs> probably he probably. might be still asleep. yeah yeah it's uh what time is it? it's two o'clock yeah he's still asleep <laughs> like four ish he'll get out of relatable. bed yeah 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 so like four ish he'll kind of like you know roll out of bed but uh god bless yeah, he's dead to the world at this point dustin come on the show we will record later in the day it's fine yeah we get it we will also make you brush we don't have jobs we also sleep till like two most of the time wow so. i'm impressed i, I really, wish i could do that i really need a job yeah we both are in desperate need of jobs yes. don't get us wrong <laughs> we both be my valets at the next evolve show oh, yeah. God. that would, would kick ass we would you should you should you have to now okay we're doing it we're good. We're good at uh, yelling. I mean, we were just talking before we were recording. We're good at roasting people, so I feel like we're good valets. We can scream at people in the audience. Yeah, and shit. yeah. Just stand by the barricades and just like roast everyone in the front row. <laughs> what are those? Oh, like down yes. the line? My yes. dream. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I really do enjoy the because I mean, wrestling is just everything has to come together mm -hmm. in terms of because I'm coming from like a theater perspective of like so. Oh, the I thought you said theater. Like no. F E E D E R. Not the like you're into more. Not gaining weight. <laughs> <laughs> not I'm not a John Waters style freak. Although respect to those who are. Uh, we do not kink shame on this podcast. Um, we might later. <laughs> we might in the future. We oh have boy. not yet kink shame. We are on this yet podcast. to kink shame. Um, uh, basically, I the theater aspect of it of just like. Because for, in theater, it's very much like, okay, it's not just the actors, it's the stage design, it's the lighting, it's everything else. And there's even more of a level of that in wrestling because, yes, it is to a degree, this, very much the costumes, the stage, the lighting. There's not much stage design. There's one. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually in the hey, round. Hey, sometimes yeah. they have a, an octagon ring. So. Oh, but it's always in the round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a theater in the round. It's yeah. theater in the round. Um, but so though to make up for that, there is like the valets, there's the entourage and stuff who are definitely part of it. And it's probably easiest to say a lot like a Greek chorus, but I think there's more to it than that because they, yes, they are echoing the sentiments and emotions, like the planned arc of the wrestler, but they're also adding more to it. They're, they're, they're adding more to the storyline. It's, 
it's, it brings it all together. And I think it's so cool to be part of that supporting cast because you need a strong supporting cast to, to carry your performance. You just do. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think being a manager can kind of change someone's career, um, sometimes for the better and sometimes, uh, for the worse. And (laughs) before I started in Evolve, I remember thinking that I would never fit in because Evolve was primarily known as a wrestling product that was just about wrestling. It was hard hitting wrestling. You know, that was during the whole grapple fucks style to where, you know, dudes just got in the ring and just, you know, chained um, for like a certain number of uh, minutes or matches or whatever. And it was gritty, you know, it yes. was it so was very upfront and to the point. For wrestler, for wrestling newbie Rachel, what he's talking about is basically like more like how like Zack Sabre Jr. wrestles. Yeah. Like, the chain wrestling of was it grapple fucks you said yep. yeah that's what I call it that's I what like some people it. call I like it that yeah nomenclature that's good uh, that's okay I so like less story more technical wrestling ah okay yeah so, so it's like more like you explain this better than me <laughs> <laughs> you guys it's a, it's a team effort uh so it's more like the yay high match that I watched there was yes. a lot yeah. of grappling yes. yep. yeah but that like I said this on the on the the, the Evolve show that we did, it just, it codes more as quote, end quote, real fighting to me than it would with like a more theatrical thing, which is just like, it's just an interesting, different way to see it. So you came in with a lot more grappling and less story. Yeah. Like okay. I, I started when, um, I think they had this association with, uh, WWE. So a lot of WWE influence was slowly bleeding to Evolve. And now I'm at the point to where not, I would say two or three storylines revolve around me because I'm this shithead, you know, I have my hand in every pot. And, uh, you know, it's it's a a unique position to be in, you know, like there's a mini doc coming out about Catchpoint because I, I bought Catchpoint and I'm the leader. Yeah. So it's about, well, I say that I'm the leader. Tracy Williams says that he's the leader. So that's a story that's being told between a manager and a wrestler. You know, yeah. the Evolve a few years ago would not have told that story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I've done a good job as far as like being a manager in Evolve because of the fact that, you know, I went from not really having a spot in that company to kind of making one for yeah. myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and again, Disclaimer, explain. So, Catchpoint is like a faction. Yeah. We talk about factions in like New Japan and stuff like that. I know like factions and stables. Yeah. So, it's like, it's a group of wrestlers that Stokely is now, you bought them? Yeah. So, the story (laughs) is that, (laughs) so the story is that Drew Gulak, who is now in WWE, of course, he started Catchpoint with Tracy Williams. Mm -hmm. So, it was about wrestling. um, Yeah. And they're both like, yeah, catch like Drew Gulak is like very much that style of like not 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 a lot of like flippy stuff, more like rolling around on the ground and putting yeah, rolling around on the ground, um, rolling around on the ground. Yeah, that's yeah, what it's, it's called. Just, rolling it's just, around in dirt. Yeah, it's uh, just technical wrestling, and that's yeah. what Catch Point stood for. So, as Drew was leaving or on his way out, me being the conniving piece of shit that I am, I <laughs> I bought Catch Point. So it was. I don't mean to break kayfabe, no. kayfabe for you. You're so nice and so accommodating, and you're like apparently Please, this just don't like tell these people that. grody piece. They, I love that you're just like this evil grody piece of shit in your storylines. That's so fun. But well, like you're just I. 
I hate to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> you're a good actor because you're very nice. Thank you. Thank you. We still can't, like, we're still, we were so excited when you agreed to do this. Yeah, we were oh. super pumped. We were, and we were just like, holy shit, we got Stokely. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, we can't believe this. And like, I texted a couple people about it and they were all like, oh my God, you're doing the thing. You're getting people on. Uh, and then somebody was earnestly like, can he get you Cena? And I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, yes, yes. Hold on, hold on. Where's my phone? Let me text John Cena well, now. Also, hey, John, like, what are you doing? It's bizarre to be like, hey, Stokely, thanks for coming on. Quick favor before we record. Can you get us the Nickelodeon wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> well, I texted John. I think he's in church. So, uh, uh, you know, he unfortunately he can't church. make it. Yeah. So yeah, he's is John is John Catholic, you think, or what or what Protestant faction? All right, I'm not going to get into this conversation. <laughs> you two can speculate. But, uh, I think John Cena is a Protestant. I've watched like your promos on like the Evolve promos on YouTube and stuff. And I feel like you're really good at you're just talking about how you're a piece of shit uh, and everything. You're really good at balancing like being very serious and also having like a lot of comedic elements to it where like you're you're playing it very straight and it's like very dry. But it's also like really your, your sort of self-seriousness is like a, a, where a lot of the comedy comes from. And when we saw you at Evolve 100... Like your spot in the match was kind of a comedy spot. So like, how do you approach that? Do you do you approach this as like a comedic character, a dramatic character, or just like kind of encompassing everything? I think it's everything, and honestly, it depends on the company that I'm working for. Mm-hmm. So, um, in for example, Beyond, I am a little more serious, mm-hmm. um, but I think in Evolve, what works is, you know, primarily because everyone is so straightforward and serious, I can kind of be the quote unquote, like the clown, you know? And, yeah. and I think, but I have to worry about doing it too much to the point to where, you know, people don't really take me seriously. But um, I think it gets attention with me, you know, Stokely in Evolve is a guy who, in his mind, he is the greatest thing on the planet earth you know NAACP he, image award winner yes exactly exactly you know like, well, like, I, yeah, like I, there's so much good bravado in it and I immediately picked up on that of just like the physical comedy of it yeah and I'm not even trying to go back to the cardigan I promise but like <laughs> it sort of added to like the specific whether or not it was intentional the outfit choice made it look like you were wearing a cape and it is yourself, yeah it is your cape yeah yeah oh shit so, you got it right so uh, basically it started that all started with an idea I I forgot where I was, and I saw this giant cardigan. It was like the longest cardigan I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> More life. More of a duster. Yeah, yeah. A duster, yeah. Okay, okay. For this conversation, we'll say there was a duster. But um, <laughs> it was gray, and I bought it, and I said, well, I don't know if I can pull this off. So I was with Matt Riddle and his wife, and like we had to go. I forgot where it was. I think it was maybe like Home Depot. Don't ask why I was going with Matt Riddle to Home Depot. No, but- wrestling context, that makes complete sense. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes thank immediate you, thank sense. You, thank you. you had to build your own backyard thing. I get it. I've been there. So I wore it. Like I had on Tim's, I had on jeans and like a white t-shirt. And I was like, all right, I'm going to wear this cardigan. And like everyone That's... just looked at me like, who is this piece of shit? Like, like... <laughs> that sounds like a great outfit. But it Home was like. I'm a little fashion. I feel like that's like a great like self-serious dude outfit. Because like what I'm imagining is like, I'm imagining like common. Like I'm imagining yes. like how common yeah, dress is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. it's like, <laughs> but I'm not common. So <laughs> when I wear it, I think people go, who is this dude? He has the audacity, you know, audacity to wear this to Home Depot. Fuck him. So. I was That's like, you know also what? a wonderful detail that it was to Home Depot. <laughs> yes. The best place to be like a I love character fancy. development so much. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and like it clicked and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start wearing this to show. So Hell I yeah. wore it and like I can't remember the exact moment, but 
I know I was cutting a promo. I, I think, if I'm not wrong, I think it was against uh, Jeff Cobb. It was his first night oh, tight. Um, in Evolve. I love and Jeff so Cobb. That's when Thatcher was a champion. So, like, I wore the belt. So, imagine me, like, with the belt around my waist and, like, this giant cardigan. And, like, <laughs> for, like, I would say... 70% of the promo, the fans weren't paying attention. They were too busy, like, shitting on my cardigan. And, like, <laughs> I just looked over, and I I think I gave Jeff, like, a contract. And some guy goes, give him your cardigan. And I go, no, that's my cardigan. <laughs> oh, and, and, so it and turned so, into, like, Samson and Delilah. Like, yeah. it's your source of your power. <laughs> yeah. So after oh, that, I was God. like, you know what? I'm going to make this my thing. Because, like, I think for the most part, most people don't really understand fashion. I don't really understand fashion. So I certainly you know, don't. It, yeah. for me to pretend that I do and to like wear all this stuff, you know, it adds to the character. Like like the Stokely that you saw at Evolve 100, if you saw me walking down the street, you would say, who the fuck is this? Like, like <laughs> fuck him, you know? It was a very know? specific look. We immediately picked up on it and we're like, I love the collarless shirt. I love the way it's buttoned. Like we noticed, I, I took in all of the details of it immediately because it just, it, when you were on stage cutting that promo and you, I, we were, Kath and I were both like screaming like, watch out, he's behind you. Uh, he's got the chair. Because we love being Marks more than anything else on earth. Uh, it was, it was just such a great detail because it just, it fully brought in like who this character is mm. who he presents himself as who he wants to be and like just down to the fact that you you sat down in the seats it reminded me of and I don't mean this it's it's hard it's scary to make this comparison because you don't want to make it insult make it in an insulting way but it reminded oh, now me I'm of, excited to see what she's gonna I say yeah. when I was like at a kid at the circus and like a clown sits sneaks into the seat and surprises you yeah. in the audience. And, <laughs> so like, now I'm a clown oh, okay good, good, good. <laughs> like, I don't want you know, no, no, you don't want to compare no, somebody right, who's no, like right. artwork to a clown, yeah. even though like no offense to clowns. Uh, also an art. You can go art. to fancy school for it. Clown college. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's where I got my master's. <laughs> um, but it just, it reminded me of sort of like that sort of like surprise element. And yeah. like, like you said, it's Carney's. It's very old school vaudeville. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was just like everything about the character was so great to me. And I love hearing that sort of evolution of like, I went to Home Depot and felt a little self-conscious. Yeah. But, but the thing is, you know, it works. And, and I forgot who I was having this uh, conversation with. I was doing some show. It was last week, and I can't remember. This all blends in. It all blends in together. But basically, God, I was telling I him that, yeah, like <laughs> that. When I walk out, I try to pretend that no one knows who I am. So mm. I don't think I had a a particular promo as far as like talking on the mic that night. So it was more important. It's it's you know it was the biggest evolve event. You know, evolve one hundred like a hundred shows. So when I walk out everyone has to know who I am because yeah. there were new fans like Rachel who had never been there before. So I try to every show walk out and give someone an impression of who I am without having to say anything. You know, if I get a promo, great. If I don't, you know, yeah. I can still do my job effectively. Cause that is like, we, we really liked your character and responded to your character, but yeah, you didn't, you weren't on the mic at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think. No, right? no. So, because it was a very promo heavy show. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you had to really figure out a way to, make your exposition known without being like, hello, this exactly. is my internet, yeah, yeah. this is my character. Which, you're out, your wardrobe does that, and then we also, we didn't get to really see you take any big bumps at that show, but like, I feel like that, having that wardrobe, and then the fact that you can actually wrestle and take bumps, like, the night after we saw him, Keith Lee powerbombed him. Oh yeah, because I followed <laughs> him the next day, and yeah. I saw the photos that you had tweeted onto your feed, retweeted onto your feed, of just how like, 
holy shit, he took a Keith Lee bump. So watching, yeah. my God, watching a dude in a cardigan like that get, <laughs> slammed, get slammed into the ring is like pretty great. It's a yeah. good visual. Yeah. It was incredible visual, and it's just it's such it's really like to go back to the manager thing. It just it adds so much more to it. Like Keith Lee himself is larger mm-hmm. than life. We didn't even Literally. get to get into on the onto the show how I love the fact that his vest has like pink detailing on it great that <laughs> says so much about him and who he is and what what he wants the care what's what he wants the character to be mm. um whether and like i still don't know if i'm like projecting way too much onto this and they're all happy accidents. probably but that's what uh, no. art is for keith yeah. lee well i i don't want to say i i teach but have a hand in the evolve seminars and so i always bring up keith lee as an example because marketing i mean with marketing uh most people look as it look at it as something that you do to sell shows or, you know, mm-hmm. you're selling a, like a product, but we're all marketers. Yeah. So Keith Lee is by far one of the greatest marketers that I know because everything he does is intentional, you know, mm. um, but the catchphrases, you know, uh, his merch, um, designs, I mean, this dude made his own theme song, you know? Yeah. So that's from, awesome. You know, Keith Lee to the beginning to the Keith Lee now, he did that all by himself. And a lot of people don't really realize that. So the way that he presents himself, like that's him. So it's all in with him. It's it's intentional. You know, with me and other people, they're happy accidents. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, but but with Keith, like he knows what he's doing. So that's so cool. And I know it's usually like you're talking about marketing. This is boring as hell. That is a fascinating perspective. Yeah. That yeah. Says so much. And, 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 and that's how I look at it. You know, same thing with like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Like, you know, I tell people all the time, every tweet is with me is with a purpose. Like I try not to get into banter back and forth unless it's witty or funny, but just a tweet. Oh man. Like I had a good ass, like, like croissant this morning. Like no one gives a fuck, you know? So it's like, so if I'm going to tweet about something, it's going to be either advertising a show. Yeah. I should take your seminar as well. post all day long. Yeah. But I'm interested. So that works for you though. You know what I mean? Like, like that wouldn't work for me, you know? And I think that's a part of it too. You have to figure out. Your Twitter presence is very much like your avatar and everything. It's, very very clear the image you're going for and what you're doing and it works so well like the the wing stop road to, re- to wrestlemania <laughs> is so that's my favorite tweet of all it's time so it's a good, good one it's a great tweet everyone should go look at it i'm Thank interested you. to know like so you you sort of help the you help evolve the evolve roster kind of figure out how to do their sort of personal branding stuff or like well it's so the seminars are for wrestlers it's like a seminar slash tryout. It's for Got wrestlers, it. managers, referees trying to get into wrestling. Right. And, you know, I really don't feel comfortable giving advice about promos or like wrestling, whatever, you know, anything uh-huh. in the ring. But with so marketing it's... and social media, I feel like I can or I do because that's what I do in real life and yeah. I have to be good at it. So that's where I. So like you're sort of when you're giving people advice on this like marketing social media stuff it's like they go to you and then they go to somebody who does they do a promo class. Exactly. Do, exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's all segmented. So uh, Matt Riddle and Hot Sauce they do all of the in-ring stuff. Uh, Gabe talks about uh, basically if you wanted to get into Evolve and every once in a while someone from WWE will be there and they will give their perspective like the last seminar uh, uh, William Regal was there. So, oh cool. You know imagine teaching what to tweet and what not to tweet and like William Regal is like looking over uh, <laughs> silently judging you you know so uh, you know Start it's a lot of fun. shit as often as possible. <laughs> yes 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 lots of memes lots of trolling. I'm interested to cursing. know too like what so I basically understand I mean I don't understand at all because I'm 
not athletic and also don't do this, but like I sort of conceptually can understand what the physical training of pro wrestling school is like. Like I get how you would learn to do that. How do you learn like promos and stuff? Like what do they teach you in that? Do you I mean, have to go to improv classes? I hope no, not. but, oh, but I actually I recommend it because <laughs> <laughs> here's why I so I've been to a few wrestling schools like not you know being trained there but just going uh like to visit and whatnot mm-hmm. um usually promos are often um they're not really emphasized but the mm-hmm. facilities that do it's more so you know like it's really generic like plug in your name like plug in your date yada yada like no one really focuses on this is how you talk right you know try to go in a flow or you know try to not talk like a wrestler because i think that's a big thing in wrestling it's yeah. dudes talking like a wrestler yeah and no one takes that seriously anymore you know it's not the 80s so yeah um it all depends on where you go, like to answer. That's the interesting. I guess I think the this is the reason I'm interested in this is because it's probably the most similar to what I do. So like, there are definitely wrestlers, and particularly like your promos are great. Managers tend to be good talkers and everything, and then there are wrestlers who are also really good promos and are super charismatic and everything. Mm. Have you seen people like? go from being shitty at it to being great at it because of stuff they learned? Or is that all like sort of innate charisma that you need? I, I think there are exceptions and I'm not saying he's shitty, uh, (laughs) but um, a guy that's, that people didn't really pay attention to his promos or, you know, he was people. And when I say people, I mean fans, you know, Mm -hmm. they thought he was just okay. I would say um, Drew Gulak, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look at Drew Gulak in Evolve, when you look at Drew Gulak in, in WWE, it's a completely different person. Most improved. No, I wouldn't say most improved. I would say they gave him the ball and he was able to run with it because in Evolve, Drew wasn't a promo guy. He was a wrestling guy. You know, he was a, um, you know, didn't take any nonsense. You know, he was a quote unquote, a grappler, you know, Drew just beat your ass. So yeah. Drew didn't really need to talk, you know, somebody on Twitter said that, uh, he replied to us saying Drew Gulak is really good uh, at sitting on people and making them sad inside. <laughs> that was a very good description. <laughs> true. True. You know, but in, in WWE, he's a super charismatic, um, a better two or five live. Exactly. He's but so funny, but he needed that opportunity to shine and yeah. grow. Um, and I feel like that's those are the promos that I've seen. It's mostly people who didn't really have a shot, and now you know they're given a ball to run with. And I would say I'm I'm the same way. You know, like a few years ago, if the idea of me even being in Evolve or in WWE, like it would have been laughed at. You know, because no one really gave me that opportunity to talk. You know, mm-hmm. and so there were many failures along the way. But you know, Evolve gave me that platform to kind of like you know. Gabe just kind of just threw me out there and said, hey, like, you know, here it is. If you succeed, great. If you fail, hey, like you had the chance to be in Evolve for a weekend, you know, here you go. So it kind of made me step my game up. That's awesome. So it was really like sort of provisional like that. It's like, hey, you're on this one show this weekend. Yeah. yeah, Here's your good job. Yeah. 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 My stint in Evolve was really for one weekend so um the promo that i was given very uh, little pressure <laughs> yeah yeah so the promo that i was given uh i was basically told hey like you have to make this into something you know it was wrestlemania 2000 wrestlemania weekend i think it was 2016 and i was with um tjp mm-hmm. and the idea was after his match with i think it was with ricochet i 
you know, would come out there and it was a surprise to everyone. And I would announce that, you know, he was signed to the dream team, yada, yada. So like you said, it was a lot of pressure and um, <laughs> I went out there and I did it. And then as soon as I walked to the back, you know, Gabe said, welcome that's to the awesome. family, welcome to the team. And I remember. That's fantastic. So that's super meta too. Yeah. You got your own contract. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, but I, I didn't know what, what was going to happen, you know, to be honest with you. So Ooh, it God. was, you know, that's me so walking scary. into the unknown, but again, he gave me that opportunity and I had to make the most of it. So. Yeah. So how much like leeway, how much leeway did you get for something like that? And then do you get more leeway now that you're sort of a trusted like manager? Now you can kind of do what you want. Or? Yeah. Yeah. That promo was written and that was yeah. a part of the stress. So I had to hit, yeah. like I had to say had to every single word. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, from what I've been told, um, WWE is very similar, you know, until you earn that trust. But now in Evolve, Gabe will give me bullet points or he'll just say, you have a promo. Yeah. And here's what, here's the plot or whatever. And then exactly, do whatever you want. Exactly. With it. And because of that, you know, when I do Beyond or like Limitless or um, Alpha One, the same thing, they'll say, hey, I need you to get this across. And I pretty much can write the entire promo myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't go off the rails. I'll like whoever the booker is, I'll say, hey, like, is this okay with you? Nine times out of 10, you know, they'll say yes. It's and chill, then I yeah. just do it that's so yeah bad. so i want to explain to rachel and any because we do have some listeners who are also new to to wrestling like that's a big criticism of wwe or at least like a way that it's different than a lot of indies is that most of the promos are nowadays are writ written by yeah. like writers as opposed to in most of these other companies it's like the wrestlers are way more involved and the managers are way more involved in how to deliver and it's like a lot more sort of Again, like Stokely was saying, taking improv, like a lot of that stuff is improvised. Yeah, there's, I feel like I could already just not inherently know that because there's definitely ones that are way more conversational and we bring them up a lot, but like Greg and Dustin, theirs are conversational. You can mm -hmm. tell that they haven't like memorized a script. Yeah, they're just trying to make each other laugh. But like, uh, that, but there are people who like are really charismatic physically who can't necessarily cut a promo and they need a mouthpiece and like... Yeah. I wish WWE would use managers more. Like, yeah. cause there's really, there's Paul Heyman. That's it. Right. Like, um, it's Paul Heyman. Um, there are a few managers in, uh, NXT. You yeah, know, that's true. Um, there's like valets and, yeah. and managers and stuff. So uh, I, Delina Vega, we like yeah. her. We were talking yeah. about her. We, but, uh, you, how you like, um, Cody's wife too. Brandy. Yeah. Brandy. Brandy's She's really great. Yeah. She's yeah, great. Brandy is, is amazing and but but like I feel like for some people written promos are good yeah because for a lot of the guys on the Evolve roster they need a lot of guidance and hand-holding and that's not a a big criticism on them it's because their focus is wrestling you know yeah. even though some people will say you need to be a well-rounded wrestler but it's like you know if, if you maybe you're still building your character it, exactly and if you cut a promo like once every few months even if you work on it at home you know like you know driving whatever you really need the experience of being in front of a live audience you know i will say i will call back to uh what i said when we were talking about how koto bushi might be stupid <laughs> Yeah. Some people express their intelligence physically rather than verbally. Some people, their creativity <laughs> is in their wrestling, not necessarily in uh, other parts of their life. I'm a selfie artist. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean they're dumb. It might mean they're dumb, but it doesn't have to. I don't, I feel like maybe not for everybody. Kota is a special case, um, I would say. And we have to stop shit talking Kota because we eventually want to get him on the I'm show. I'm not shit talking him. He said read it. He doesn't trust books. He said that. 
I'm not making this up. No, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it is fun. It's the the promo thing, and because it's also to go back to what you were saying earlier, it, they're still developing their character. I don't want to say yeah. they're evolving their character because it's a little too on the nose for <laughs> evolve. But do you get it? Um, <laughs> but there is they're they're still developing developing who they are, and because it's wrestling, you're always thinking up a new storyline, and you're yeah. always moving forward. That that is just it's sort of interesting way to uh, see how they're creating it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. <laughs> that's what's interesting about like WWE too is like I feel like they're getting a little better at letting people from the indies like actually keep what they do like well WWE follows the money and they understand fan culture to a degree but they, what they used to do is that they'd get these people from the indies and then change everything about their character and be like we're remaking you in the WWE mold um, and it's like the makeovers on ANTM yeah it is sometimes they don't need a weave yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if they can't maintain it. That's the worst thing on ANTM. They give them these weaves. They don't tell them how to take care of it. And everybody has a ratty weave by like the third week. Makes me yeah. so mad. Yeah. Sorry. This is what this podcast is. <laughs> yeah. The producer again. We're just looking at each other like, we don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, that is sort of how I came to understand wrestling is like I started watching a few reality shows and then I watched. Dude, on- she freaked out last night because we were at Ring of Honor and Kenny King was there who was on The Bachelor. And she was like, yeah. I'm yeah. it. He was on The Bachelorette. He was a great contestant. No offense to Rachel. I stopped watching when he left because he was He like, was that good, huh? I, well, I just, I came in immediately liking him and I saw, because I had never watched The Bachelorette before and I was like, I'll give this a shot. Whatever. Rachel seemed great on her season of The Bachelor. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what she's talking about. I'm sorry. She was, okay, she was the first the black Bachelorette. Ba- yeah, she was the first black Bachelorette. She was like super charming. Oh, this was the recent? This was what? the recent yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dope. I, I didn't know that. This was last year, right? This was last year. And I watched her, the one Bachelor season I've seen is the one with Nick that she was on before Nick this. sucked. Yeah, Nick was terrible. Every Bachelor sucks. Rachel is good, though. Every Bachelor sucks, for the record. Like, yeah, men are, like the men on The Bachelor don't understand drama and pettiness the way wrestlers do. <laughs> if it were all wrestlers... That's probably why Kenny King was good, right? Kenny King was good, but he... Because uh, I saw that he was on there because everyone was like, he's actually like this incredible wrestler. He's really fun. He's in the indies. And that was when I first started peripherally paying attention to wrestling. Um, and he was great. I mean, he was so... But the edit they gave him, he's, he's like this sweet sensitive guy who's like sick of being beat up all the time and he has a daughter (laughs) and he wants you know consistency in his home life and they also put him into if I recall correctly they had him be the guy who got punched in the face and bled which is so humiliating for a professional wrestler to do that on TV but he played his role and he did well, it well well they're probably like who here can take a punch this yeah. guy yeah this guy this and I guy remember knows they had how this to get really hurt. close crop shot of like a cut in his eyebrow with blood coming from it and he looks really upset and she sent him home and I was like alright I'm done with this goodbye that's a question I want to ask you though Stokely too like uh, we were talking about this on the last episode Y'all have to travel so much and your job seems so physically exhausting. And then also you are like hurting yourselves on purpose. Like how, just like day to day, how like sore are you? Or do you get used to it? Um, I think eventually you get used to it. Um, You know, I'm not really wrestling like most of the guys that I I work with. So, but, you know, just talking to them is something that your body just gets uh, uh, like accustomed to. And for the most part, I I mean, for me, I would say the travel is like the biggest issue, you know. Mm. Um, And also, if you work during the week full time, that's like another 
thing too because it's you know there are several times that you know if i work alpha one in toronto by the time i get back it's eight o'clock monday morning so yeah. i only have a few hours to shower change and go to work and then some days if if you know i work in theater so if we have a show and you know it happens to be on a monday i'm there until 10 11 o'clock and i have to go back in the next day you know yeah. but it's just a part of the game you know if 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 we didn't like it, we wouldn't do it. You yeah, know? word. I remember when we were at Evolve, I looked at Matt Riddle's Twitter timeline during one of the in-between matches, and I was like, that guy just got off a yeah. fucking plane. Yeah. I have, I'm have. i a brat when I'm on Megabus for three hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he just flew cross-country, and yeah. he, got into this, he got into this fight. But, I mean, I guess it's sort of like running a marathon, right? Like, the, your first time you run a marathon, you most likely pee blood. And then the third one, you're just kind of like, well, my body is used to this now. And you start to get into the non-traditional cycle yeah. of traveling somewhere and then getting into a very real fight that everyone thinks is fake. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think also a lot of it is, you know, a lot of us are I guess I can say we're relatively young, you know. Mm-hmm. We're doing something that most people would love to do. Either they yeah. can't do it because of, you know, a physical thing or they can't do it, you know, because they have a family or because of money, distance whatever, you know, we're actually doing it you know and we won't be able to do it forever so i think that's why you know a lot of people just power through it because you know we are having fun you know yeah. we are enjoying ourselves and for riddle to go from you know maybe um japan to england back to the u.s and then go back again you know like who else is doing that you know so i think that's like one of the first things i sort of responded to in wrestling and why i liked it so much because like like i'm a comic and it's similar in some ways in the sense of like you put up with a lot of shit to do this thing because you love it. Yeah. Um, but then seeing wrestling and it's like, I think I put up with a lot of shit. I just go stand on a stage and talk and I'm a fucking bitch about it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to take the subway for an hour to get this. Like, and, you know, wrestlers are doing all that and like doing these incredible feats of athleticism and doing that. It's, uh, I think that you're right that I think that as hard as it is, I think a lot of people really respond to that kind of dedication and passion, even apart from just the craft and everything. Um, I do have a question too, and if you don't want to talk about this, I totally understand. Sure. Um, but I'm curious, you're talking about working a day job and everything like that. I'm curious a little bit about the money stuff, and I'm not asking for numbers or anything, yeah. but I'm just wondering, like, because in comedy, this varies a lot of like, do promotions cover travel? Does that come out of your pay? Are most people on the indies working day jobs? Like, how does that work? I mean, honestly, it depends on where you are in your career. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, all my travel gets paid for. Uh-huh. Um, if I do a show and it's far, I'll normally, you know, get a room. I'll get my pay fee for being on the show. And, you know, that's something that I've worked to, um, you know, to get, you know, to yeah. achieve for a new wrestler, they may not get that, you know. For they, a new wrestler, they get to sleep on the Megabus home and they yeah. don't even get to take Amtrak, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, you know, it all depends. It really depends. Um, and also depends on how far you've uh, gone in your career because I don't I don't say it's by, like, how many years you've been in wrestling because right. there are some people who happen to be, you know, super talented. Like, look at Austin Theory, you know. That's a guy who is getting all of those things and he's only been wrestling for, like, a few years because really? he's so... Yeah, because he's so talented, you he, know. Um, he was really uh, just fascinating to me because he was so good at playing that heel against Zach, yeah. who, like, that entire crowd loves and, like, I love. I have a Zach t-shirt. Um, but he Rachel's was, first wrestling t-shirt. Burn that shirt. 
burn, burn that the shirt. shirt. Burn yeah, that shirt. Yeah, they're yeah. enemies. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> she was like, what? Uh, I don't have to burn my t-shirt. How do you feel about, uh, just, just, you know, if you come out for single pair, then I can have <laughs> um, <laughs> We just only like woke wrestlers. We That's do what love we woke sorry, wrestlers. Sorry. But like the litmus for being a woke wrestler is just kind it's of like. Low. It's very low. It's very, very low. It's like, I read the newspaper. I watch the news. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah, he knows like, what's I will concede on. that Trump is kind of racist. Yeah. Wow, you're oh an God, icon. So good. <laughs> I, I also think neoliberal as a, a gimmick would be incredible. There's one too. in a. There's one in like Appalachia. There's a guy who wrestles as the progressive liberal. Yeah. And he's a heel. Oh, and he just trolls everybody. Oh, that's <laughs> like, so good. Oh, my gosh. And he's in Appalachia, too? Yeah. Oh, that's great, because I was shooting stuff for the documentary in Appalachia. Yeah. It's you should go. You should go see him. Wild country. So to back up a little bit, um, sort of, we want to, I also, I personally want to know, and I assume listeners do, like, what was your start? What got you into wrestling? Like, were you into it as a kid? Uh, not really. Uh, my brother, who we're nine years apart, he's younger. He was a huge uh, wrestling fan. So, you know, I kind of watched it um, here and there with him. So for me, you know, I was in grad school and I don't know what I was doing, but uh Oh, I think I was, it was spring break and I was home and I was like watching wrestling and, uh, believe it or not, I think it was, I think I had bought, it was like a, a CM Punk, like archive set or something. Mm-hmm. It, it was okay. from like ring of honor and like, you know, I was just watching it and I was like, Oh, like this is, you know what he's doing. This is theater, you know, like this is an art form, you know, like That's exactly what I went through. Yeah. That's like, awesome. you know, and he, so were though, you studying theater or interested in theater? I was, I was studying theater at the time. Oh, you know? cool. So, like, uh, what aspect of it? Uh, an act. So, so the program that I was in, it basically taught you to be well-rounded. It taught you, you know, how to be an actor, how to be a director, um, how to write, you know, uh, just everything. So, okay. because but you it, specifically wanted to act. act. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, because most people, you know, when they go to school for acting, they don't, end up acting you know they end up somewhere know. else in yes. the industry yeah yeah so, <laughs> you said it i didn't Rachel, so. rachel's a theater school dropout I'm a theater so. dropout so yeah. Yeah. you can't tell no. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i it was you know a program that i was in and i was like oh like this is just like you know theater so had this weird um epiphany I, you know i emailed my uh my professors and i was like hey like this is something i want to um go with because everyone else did a show or they acted in a show and they were all fucking terrible. So I didn't want to put I mean, me through that. Theater. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, have you sat through a four hour uh, a C.S. Lewis play? Is that the dude? He's like a, a Christian playwright. Isn't that Chronicles of Narnia, right? C.S. Lewis is Chronicles of Narnia, which is pretty Christian. Yeah. Probably. So, yeah, probably. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I she did. I was in a production of Trojan wives or I don't even remember like the a name. Greek play I was in a Greek play where the woman's idea was to have the Greek chorus be doing in her words hip-hop moves oh, the no. whole time oh no were they doing uh, the stanky leg also I wish I'd been doing the stanky <laughs> leg it was great I just remember like oh like we like all the t- like the oh's and ah's had specific moves and it was a hell to me um, we must have gone to the same college. I, I went to SUNY Albany. 
No, sorry. <laughs> but this was the same woman who directed it. Uh, she also told her acting students that it was okay to lie on your resume. And she also claimed oh, that she had an arc on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and she was in two episodes. She also didn't show up to direct the thing. I'm kind of with her on lying on your resume. I think it's okay. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. But like, <laughs> you can't tell You're people that. You're not supposed that. to say that. You have to earn figuring out how yeah. to lie on your resume. That's true. That's yeah. true. I can't wait to talk about theater with you after this is done. There's so much bad theater out there. Oh, that that seeing that play was like my breaking point. And I was like, yeah, How I don't want to do that. How sick are you of Midsummer Night's Dream? Uh, I don't want to see that or Dream Girls ever again in my entire oh, life. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah those, those are like a hard no. Like, a, just, just absolutely not. Um, so you wanted to do something about re- wrestling instead of doing a boring yeah, one minute show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your thesis to be yeah. about wrestling? Yeah. So like I wrote that this paper. Rocks. So they said yes. They thought I was going to flunk out. I was like, oh, thank you for the confidence. Uh, so <laughs> I, so like I moved to, uh, Philly for like four to five months I trained and I came back and I showed them my paper and they so loved it. So you trained it. as part of your thesis? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're a method actor is what you're saying. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean now everyone now everyone is going to think I'm a douchebag for, for saying that. But like, no, uh, All wrestling is method to a degree. Yeah but you know. It's in and out method. Rachel I told you yeah. we talked about this. They don't want people to know that it's like high art. They want to keep it Carney shit. I, I was about to say, you're not <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. So don't oh, worry. Well, thank you. Wow. 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 Damn. Anyway. Anyway. So you started. <laughs> so you started wrestling for your thesis, yeah. and then uh, after you were done, you were just like, I really like this. Or yeah, I I just stuck with it. Now, I think some people when they get into entertainment, regardless of whether it's like comedy, acting, you know, theater, TV, whatever, film, I feel like they can be somewhat delusional and it's like, oh, I'm mm. going to be the next such and such or I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be a a millionaire. I never took that approach because That's I the honestly approach. didn't know. So I was like, well, let me try and do both. You know, let me focus on my, you know, uh, uh, professional career and let me try to see if, if this wrestling thing will work. And honestly, after a few years, I was like, well, I don't, I don't think it will, you know, I'll just keep doing it because it's something that, you know, I, at the time kind of had fun doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I believe like most things, it was right place, right time. You know, I think talent is like a small part of it. And I think I just ended up where I am at today. So. That is really interesting to me because I think like with comedy, I tweeted about this a while ago because uh, I'm like, as a comedian, it's like I wish I got booked as much as I get emails from people writing their thesis on comedy. Like yeah, there's so yeah. much like academic study of this. And I think with wrestling, it's a much smaller group, but there is like sort of there is a section of academia that is interested in this in a way that is very different than how I think most wrestlers approach it. Yeah. And I think how most fans approach it. And at least with comedy, a lot of the times I'm very sort of wary about it where I'm like, I don't think you really understand what's good about this. Yeah, like, yeah. And so it's really interesting to me that you went from like an academic approach to actually wrestling and actually succeeding at wrestling. Yeah. And I think I think that hurt me earlier on with training because I think the idea was who like who was this kid he's probably not going to continue doing this and right. i remember when i left everybody i think in their minds kind of like wrote me off and so when i came back like months later after i had graduated it was like oh shit like he's back like yeah. what like he's what do we do now yeah yeah you know because most people 
leave. You know, there are people who pay thousands of dollars to train to wrestle. And then after a week, they go, you know, fuck it. Like, this isn't for me. And then that's it. They're gone. You know, I mean, it's a pretty heavy investment. But also, like, it's hard as shit. I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It well, seems you know. like you bruise a lot, probably in the first month. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's why if there's anyone listening and they want to go to wrestling school, do not pay in full. Uh, just mm. pay as you go on. Yeah. Um, and that may sound shitty, but like, it's true. You know, like, yeah. I, I feel like you don't know whether something is for you until you actually you know try it it'd be like me going you know what i'm i'm going to take all these improv classes because i want to do comedy you know i'm going to stop everything i'm going to do to you know pursue that like i may hate it you know i may be bad at it so why would i pay all these thousands of dollars up front to go chase that dream you know i don't know i could be wrong but that's just it's the same thing even with stand-up. Like, even though there's not a financial thing involved, like, where you can just, you can kind of start going for free, going to mm-hmm. open mics and everything. But it's the same thing in the sense of, like, comics, like, career comics people have been doing a long time. Like, they don't, nobody talks to you for your six months because they assume your first six months, everybody assumes, like, you're going to stop doing this. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course, like, yeah. And I'm sure with wrestling, there's even more, a higher rate of drop-off because there is physical pain involved, not just emotional pain of eating shit on stage. Yeah, like, I remember the class that I first started with, and just over the years, I would say, I mean, just to have, like, a rough estimate, I'd say maybe, like, I saw 60 to 70 people who just, you know... Like they quit. Yeah, they were just yeah. like, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, like some will say, you know, hey, like I'm leaving, but others like you'll see them at training one day and next day, you know, they're not there, you know, because people just find out like that's not for them, you yeah. know, and that's the thing. It may not be the it being a a physical issue. It may be the travel or it may just mm. be just the way that they feel like they're being treated or just, you know, they don't have the time for it or they found, you know, a a girlfriend or like a boyfriend, you know, whatever. There's like, you know what? There's like, there's like shit out here that I want to do and yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's, we were talking about this earlier, but it seems like a thing that like you have to really love it to do yeah. it because it's very punishing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, oh, yeah, um, I said that before you were here was, I was, I was talking to him about how you're like, I tried comedy and if you do comedy, you have to like fucking love it. And there were elements I wasn't loving. So I was like, you know what? I'm good for now. Maybe yeah, I'll come yeah. back to it later, but this is not like, to me my path at present wrestling seems similar in the sense of like if you really love to do it you probably don't love all the stuff you have to do to keep doing it like all the stuff that isn't actually performing is like kind of a slog (laughs) like yeah i I mean and and you know for some people that issue is traveling you know like i you know um i live in a city like i have my own place but like i'm barely there you know between my job and between you know traveling for shows like it's you know my time is for the most part on the road or um at work and you know it's something that i enjoy now you know uh, fully because you know i think that i i surpass my own dreams and goals or whatever so you know at this yeah, point that's like, I'm awesome. actually did you, having fun you know i'm at these shows did you start with like a goal in mind like th- this is the point i want to get to or like if it, I get if I don't get here by this time, I might throw in the towel. Or I something did, like that. but honestly, none of those goals happened. Yeah, you know, like I had a certain time period to where I said um, I want to have my first match. It never happened. I said I want to be on this show. It never happened. <laughs> and then eventually, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop setting goals for myself. Uh, just do you it. touched on I'm that earlier in terms of and and I just wanted to ask in terms of like because there's a lot of 
narratives in media are like, I had this goal in mind that I wanted to break through. And the second I stopped caring about it is when it happened. Is that sort of a similar thing for you? No, I, it just, <laughs> I, I had mean, to keep working. <laughs> no, like it, it's so weird. Like it just happened. You know, uh, I got into ring of honor. That was, was cool. And then eventually I think I hit a roadblock. I was like, all right, well I'm, I wasn't happy with what I was doing and, and where I was. And that's not a slight on anyone per se. And, you know, the opportunity to do um, Evolve happen. And then, no, I'm sorry, it was a Chikara. It was to be, you know, the other Chuck Taylor. Yeah. And that gave me like a huge boost because people went, oh, like this dude can yeah. do comedy. You know, he's really good at what he does. And then when Evolve came around, you know, it took me to like a new level. And all of that was just unexpected. You know, it wasn't a, you know what, I'm going to do this by this timeline. You know, mm -hmm. this is going to happen. It just happened. It fell and, into your lap and it was time to do, the, to do the thing. Well, I wouldn't say it fell into my lap. Like I kind you of. worked for it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I chased, you know, like those opportunities and it happened. But like it wasn't, I didn't make a, a decision in my head. Like yeah. I want to be here in a year yeah. or here in six months. And that's the way I approach things, you know, like. I want to work this show, I will contact the promoter and say, hey, like, you know, can I work the show? Like, you know, do you have any um, um, availability? And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know? And that's the way that I approach things because I feel like if I were to say, hey, in a year, I want to be signed. I want to be on like, you know, NXT, yada, yada. Like, that's a crazy fucking thing to put into my head. And if it doesn't <laughs> happen, I'm going to be disappointed. You know, if yeah. it happens, it happens, but I'm not going to to start that narrative in my head, you know? I take everything day by day and I take every show by that show, you know? So yeah. I do it, I enjoy it, I try to have the best performance and I move on to the next one. That seems like a very, very, very healthy perspective <laughs> for a thing that yeah. you could have a lot of, a lot of unhealthy factors, but for a thing where you could have like a very, setting yourself up for disappointment, that seems like a very good perspective to be operating from. So that's rad. Yeah. yeah, like I think you can chase those goals, but I think to make it the end all be all of everything, I feel mm -hmm. like that's just not me. You know, like some guys do it, but I- Yeah. Well, know. it's like you said, like so much of it has to do with being right at the right place at the right time. Like with comedy, the way I look at it is like, you have to, you have to be prepared for any opportunity so that like on the weird off chance where you are right place, right time, you are fucking ready to go. Exactly. But you You're can't like pursue like, I want to write for this show. I mean, like, you can, but you have to know that that's yeah. not usually how that happens. Yeah. You just have to be, like, ready for it when somebody goes, hey, here's your shot. Like, like with your Evolve thing, like, hey, this is your one shot. Here's the promo. Go do it. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Like, that would be like me going, you know what? In six months, I want to do this particular show in England, or I want to go to, you know, do this in Japan, or, you know, and then after that, I'm going to, like, WWE. You know, some people feel that way, and, and those are their goals, but I feel like you can have that in mind, but, like, you have to have a backup plan for if that doesn't happen, and I feel like, you know, some people don't have that. It's like, it doesn't yeah. happen. It's like, well, you know, I'm fucking worthless now. Like, what am I going to do? No, like, you everyone... They get, like, bitter about how it exactly. didn't happen. Everyone gets told no, you yeah, know? There's yeah. a weird sort of anti-backup plan thing in, in entertainment that gets romanticized a lot, yeah. and it's the worst advice yeah. of all time. It's wild. Yeah, it's like, know you will do this. Know how to be an accountant. It's okay yeah. to know two things. I, I knew a guy... Um, a wrestler who he said that if he got a job 
outside of wrestling, then he considered himself a failure. Did and he I, have rich parents? No. <laughs> what? No. Yeah, and like I thought that was the craziest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. It's like you know? perfectly okay to be a barback or work as a bank teller or, you know, whatever the fuck. Well, I, think, people, I think, no, go ahead. People always say like, uh, yeah, they're just like, well, you know, if you have a backup plan, like you won't put all your eggs in the basket of your dreams or whatever. It's like, no, you're just you, paying your rent. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. like, <laughs> if you can't, the way I looked at it when I was working full time and doing mics every night, it's like, if I don't love this enough to do this while I'm working 40 hours a week, then I don't love it enough to do it as my job. Exactly. It's so dumb. Also, you need money to live. Yeah. (laughs) But I think some people... That's why I asked if he had rich parents. (laughs) Uh, No, no. But I think, you know, you look at Matt Riddle and and Keith Lee, they are exceptions, you know? Like, Mm. they are full-time professional wrestlers. But you have to think about, look how long it took them to get there, you know? Like, that wasn't Keith Lee's life, you know? Like, he had... A job you know he lived in texas you know and uh now he's all over the world but it took him how many years to do that you know same thing with riddle and i and think Riddle's people want that like right a away happy accident on his entering right yeah or at least that's how I mean, it's sold yeah i mean he had ufc and everything else but like you have to look at at the struggle of him breaking into ufc yeah you know like he had like, a job yeah. before that yeah. yeah so are there like the most most people on the indies like work some other kind of side hustle i would say it depends you know mm-hmm. like you know, there are some full-time wrestlers, but, you know, there it's are not some the majority. people. Exactly. And there are some people who they choose to, you know, uh, they choose to, I guess, just fly by the, see their pants. You yeah, know, yeah. they're just like, you know, <laughs> I got this booking. I'm going to like stretch this out for like this number of time because yeah. I don't want to, you know, work at this place, you know, sure. but, that, but that works for them. You know, with me, it's like, I like to live a comfortable life, you know, like, I, don't blame you. I think there's something yeah. beautiful about Being going to the store. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think there's something beautiful about going to the store and be like, you know what? I don't want that 99 cent bread. You know, I want that gourmet <laughs> say release shit. You oh, know, man. not that that's gourmet, but you I know like what I mean? Like, <laughs> I love that. It says so much about wrestling that that's beauty to you yeah, yeah. But, but it's like you know it's, it's like if i want to go out and have drinks or you know if i want to go to caroline's you know and spend you know a few hundred on a comedy show like i'm not stressing out looking what at my bank account you like? uh i'm gonna like are you afraid to say <laughs> no no no. i'll just probably like i don't know acknowledge uh a lot of stereotypes um <laughs> no just say i'm a big fans of uh of the weigh-ins uh Oh yeah, I didn't see they're the Marlon Wayans special a, yet. I heard good, it was. Eh. They're funny. They're they're yeah, funny. No, just say, just say. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, uh, Dave Attell. I think is hilarious. Uh, he's really funny. Uh, he rules. Yeah, yeah. he's this alleged show. sweetheart too. I've never he met is, him. I met him. I've heard he's really he's nice. He's like four eleven. Uh, he was talking to a girl I had lived with. So he's with, Fred like, Gayhouse height. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a burial by Stokely. Damn. Yay, hi, come on and defend yourself, please. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's, no, it tells a sweetheart, definitely. And I met Chris Rock in a uh, Dwayne Reed once. Yeah. Super nice. Super, super nice. I was very um, excited. Yeah, like he's he's amazing. You know, I've. I've he's the uh, best. I used to watch his before. HBO specials like on repeat when I was a kid. Oh, so good. Yeah, like he's he's a legend, you know, um, at this point. Uh, uh, Tracy Morgan, that's like another guy. Um, Hannibal, you know, like. Uh, I would Hannibal say Hannibal's a wrestling fan. Really? I yeah, think I know yeah. that. Wow. To loop back, I met Chris Rock because I was in line to go into the taping of Hannibal's first special. And he and Chris Rock was there? Chris Rock was at the first taping of it, and I was in line to go to the second taping because, you know, they edited them together. Um, and I was just buying a bottle of water, and he's in front of me picking up a prescription. And I was like, is that Chris Rock? I don't 
don't know. And then they were like, Rock, Christopher, and he picked them up. And I just turned <laughs> to my friend and I was like, no shit. And Chris Rock turns around and was like, looks at me and was like, yeah, no shit. And he's just like, wow. are you here to see Hannibal? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, he's going to be huge. Aww. He's great. Mm-hmm. And then walked away. And I was like, I just met fucking Chris Rock. I saw Hannibal awesome. in... I want to say 2007, he was featuring at a comedy club. I think it's called Comics. It doesn't exist anymore. And uh, he was he was the feature. And apparently he was homeless at the time, I found out later. He was like sleeping on the subway and stuff. Yeah. And he was selling these terrible homemade shirts that said, I kick pigeons on them. And I loved him. And I bought one what? of his terrible shirts. It was like a bit he was doing about how he kicks pigeons. I don't know. Pigeons but, uh, suck. I'm sort of with it. He's great. Again, to loop this all back into theme, <laughs> chasing your dreams. Well, I assume, I, I honestly assume in like, maybe I'm incorrect in this, that a lot of guys in the indies, like if they don't get booked for a month, they pick up a bar back shift or a bouncer shift. I don't know. I mean, I, I, <laughs> They're big I, guys, so I just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll say, you know, two things like the Hannibal story, you know, you look at Darby Allen, you know, for like a time, Darby Allen lived in his car you know wow, like the story that he told was was serious you know he was a you know everyone talks about the struggling actor but he was a a struggling wrestler you know and so you know that's a guy who you know he loves skateboarding like he loves filmmaking but you know wrestling is like his dream you know it's it's like his goal and so you know um he took that pain or whatever what he was going through and he was like you know i'm going to use this to succeed you know and but you know he had like a backup plan too you know like he didn't want to live in his car uh forever and um who uh not no offense to people who want this who would (laughs) (laughs) i know some people though i know some people in comedy who like it's again it's the romanticizing the idea of no backup plan where like they have like an okay job like because i used to live in austin do comedy there they have an okay job in austin they're like doing all right and then they're like i'm gonna move to la and live in my car and chase my dream and it's like why yeah why do that yeah (laughs) it's like i would never want to do that no thank Um, you but the dream team thing is funny because so when i was with tjp i think the name they gave wanted to give it it was like hathaway enterprises or something like that and Mm -hmm. i was like nah so i was watching the oj thing and i was like you know what i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna take from yeah yeah from johnny cochran so the idea in my mind and you know this will bring it full circle was that you know i feel like in all forms of like entertainment, it's the idea that you have to struggle to get ahead. It's like, you know, you have to eat this shit for so long and then, you know, it'll pay off and you'll become popular. The whole point of the dream team was like the opposite. It's like, no, like I don't have to work hard for anything. You know, it's yeah. like everything just, you know, it just comes to me and that's where, you know, the character comes into play. You know, it was like a play on wrestling, you know, like kind of like, or just entertainment in general, what you have to go through. And it was like, what if you flip it? You know, what if it's like, no, like I don't have to work for anything. Like this is what, you know, it's supposed to happen. Like, yeah. I watched you know? that promo to, cause I knew we were going to be talking to you. Yeah. Where you're just like, like people, people have been telling me I have to work hard for success, but I'm successful. Yeah. So yeah. that's the 30 for 30 uh, <laughs> yeah, the thing 30 I did. Yeah. There's a fake, I don't think you've seen it yet. There's a, uh, he made a 30 for 30 about Stokely Hathaway and it's, Great. It's I really wish I could get audio of my jaw dropping. Uh, ESPN, the sad part is, like, it got good numbers, but ESPN took the first one down because we, we mocked the intro. Oh, shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. And those motherfuckers were like, that's ours. Yeah. They that didn't sucks. care. And so, like, we made a remix. It's like the same, except for, like, I do, like, an intro. I'm, like, all yeah. sweaty. I'm like Luther Vandross <laughs> at the Soul Train Awards. <laughs> So we talked about this on the last episode of like, I get weird about meeting people at shows, but Mm. I want to be supportive and I like 
talking to people about this. Um, I'm great at it. Rachel is the chillest <laughs> yeah. person ever, can talk to anybody about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get weird. Like, what, if you have, like, how do you think people should behave in that situation? Are there, like, because we were talking, too, about, like, a lot, sometimes fans will heckle in a way that's, like, really fucked up and horrible, and, like... I, I think, you know, I, as a manager, as a person who primarily talks, like, I like that feedback, because that's why, you know, earlier I mentioned the bullet points. Yeah. You know, I, I like to be able to stop. And if someone says something, I can react right away, you know, have something funny to say because it, you know, it makes it a, um, a cool moment. Like, for example, last year, Evolve was in Detroit. And so, you know, Catchpoint had did like all this like fucked up shit all night. And so we had like one more promo. I go out there and I forgot what I said. And then like one fan was like, you look like Charles Barkley. So it's like <laughs> everybody was like, Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley. And so like this went on for like a minute. So I grabbed the mic again and like I just stopped and just stared at everyone and I just like put the mic down and then I let them get it out of their system and I was like yeah you know what I'll be Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley is rich and everyone here and everyone here in in Detroit is poverty stricken and they're broke and like yeah. and that was it and I went back to what I was saying but like again, did it get did it get a big yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it got a big reaction but but to me like that's what it's all about you know yeah. like like I. Like, I like that. And now that I'm saying this on this podcast, everyone is going to think it's okay to call me, you know, Charles Barkley. Um, <laughs> Come shows, up with your own jokes. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. Please don't steal that one. But, like, if it's something, like, you know, uh, racist or just something that's, like, you know, generally shitty. Shitty it's like, but no. not funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know, keep that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, whenever there's, like... Um, women's matches you know there's like one guy who has to you know say oh you know like show us this or like shake that it's like you know just like shut the fuck up and watch the show you know you know like if you want to see porn there's like x2 you know or fucking Pornhub. you know it's like go home and watch that you know like you know it's also there's it takes a special hotspot to say that to a woman who was like her whole the whole point of her being here is that she can kick your ass exactly exactly so like why you know so why would you you know like try to fuck that up but uh but you like the crowd interaction and like i do yeah yeah and like after shows like i like for people to come up to me you know yeah. i i welcome that i don't believe in the whole you know you can't talk to me unless you buy like a t-shirt you know one yeah. i don't sell merch you know two it's like who cares what? no like you can buy it online but like i don't sell merch don't at shows, shows. Oh, yeah i gotta buy a stokely shirt now yeah yeah i'll send you the link um but like yeah so so like i'll walk around you know i'll do like two rounds after a show but you yeah. know mm-hmm. i like for people to say hey like you know oh you did this bad you know like or you know you're you know people like say funny you guy, did guy. this bad to you well, people no, say not, i don't like what you did no no i mean like like hey, as man. a bad guy like you shouldn't oh, have done that you yeah, know yeah. and like i'll laugh it off or whatever but you know i like that because you know without the fans of people coming it's like what are we doing you know who are we you know um like appealing to so that's what i, I said to kev is that yeah. they're out there and to tie into to what you said earlier about like you're selling yourself you're marketing yourself that's part of the marketing yeah. is being approachable and it's like matt riddle has an easier time with it because kids it was so obvious oh, how much kids yeah, love kids him like, love that dude yeah, he's a bro like he's you know he's a man of the people so yeah. you know imagine if someone if like proletariat abs <laughs> you know like imagine if someone went up to riddle and they were like hey man like can i buy a shirt and he was an asshole like who would support that guy you know right yeah, and like yeah. a lot of people don't get that you know but yeah i don't i don't think there's a um a guide you know to acting um at a wrestling show but i'd say you know just be nice you know just yeah. be cool and you know everyone else is uh is the same way 
I, mean, I feel my like philosophy with any sort of getting any sort of ego about most things and in terms of fame is like we all flush a toilet yeah man. like yeah <laughs> yeah i mean there's no one on the evolve roster that i can think of that has any type of ego like that you know that's why after did, show you wouldn't say it on mic <laughs> <laughs> true but but there really isn't you know that's why after a show everyone comes out yeah. you know because we all want to see you know what or or hear you know like what you thought about the show you know and i was just gonna say like evolve is in particular a place where like i feel you know like as a woman like i've gone to shows alone and you know like it's one of the promotions that i felt like sort of the most comfortable at like everybody just seems very fans and wrestlers just seem very relaxed in a way that they don't necessarily at other promotions one of which we may have gone to last night yeah Uh, (laughs) and like i had a great time at that show and we're going to do an episode on that show but i mean like it's 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 there's still a gender disparity but it evolved at 70 30 and at ring of honor it was like 1585 or something like that it was way obvious like way less women there and that doesn't mean the promotion is bad that doesn't mean like it's just that a doesn't different... inherently mean that there's anything toxic there it just means that like there's a gender discrepancy well I just think like I don't know I it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that about Evolve just cause like that is kind of the vibe I get from yeah. going to those shows which is cool that's very cool but we thank you so much for coming on the show. We like truly appreciate it. Um, is there anything you have to promote? Any sh- upcoming shows you have? Um, it's too many to mention. Not to sound like a dick, but you can go to my Twitter. Go to Stokely's Twitter. Uh, Stokely Hathaway. Also, on Twitter. follow Stokely on Twitter. Yes, he very good at Twitter. Please. He has an excellent Twitter presence. In my opinion, you genuinely know what you're doing when thank it you. comes to <laughs> thank you. I playing tried. the character online, and I that's not that's not everybody gets that and it's really awesome that you do thank you um and uh yeah follow stokely on twitter go to his shows go to evolve yep, support what yep. he does because he's doing great work yes and you can see what i'm doing next uh on all my social media instagram facebook it's all the same name same yeah. handle thank you guys so much for listening this week um we are twitter at wrestlesplania we are wrestlesplania at gmail.com uh we are wrestlesplania on instagram follow us on all those things um if you could leave us a review on itunes that would be awesome that helps us out a lot and uh just thanks for talking to us on twitter and all the support and everything shout out to west coast producer hunk tears uh shout out to illy boshin who made our logo um and we have a show coming up actually rachel and i with the street fight radio guys murder brian and brett Payne. it's gonna be super fun it's at Littlefield, march 30th tickets are ten dollars please buy them early if you can so that we don't have a panic attack about no one showing up yeah that would be really nice of you um don't worry people are buying tickets we're popular but you know we're well liked yeah I promise. here this time i'll say hey buy tickets because it might sell out that's better right yes <laughs> yes okay <laughs> okay cool well uh yeah do it and uh we'll see you next week bye everybody thank you so much <laughs> Don't want to say where you got your cardigan. <laughs> no, no. That's not the raps. That's not the raps. This is like the least weird episode we've ever done, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> nah, that's good. It's good. I appreciate it.